You're listening to the B-Side Podcast on Brick Radio. If you like what you hear or think there's an artist or band we should have in the studio, let us know in the comments. Otherwise, sit back, relax, tune in, and turn on. With a perfect blend of airy slash electro vocals and a fantastic flow that's super commercial, yet nothing short of contagious, G. Milano is an amazing emerging Brooklyn artist set to catapult his fresh brand of contemporary R&B straight through the stratosphere, set to land right on top. Are you ready for this soaring episode of B-Side? I'm your host, Tadia Toussaint, and I'm gonna need you to buckle up because it's time to take this elevated ride on B-Side. Let's go. Forget the drama, collect the commas Send them to the coffin with the forfeit Hanging with the robbers, you can't rob us All my brothers hungry, let's get this money Just collect the commas I just copped the new Broly Just in time for the summertime I choke a chick like Mick Foley Instead of free from all mankind My seven jeans for all mankind I'm the leader of my franchise it's bedtime, I set flames and your campfire Like Socrates, part of the prophecy And I prophesize just what It's stopping me, two chicks right beside of me I don't believe in monogamy So much kicks in my condo You would have thought I own a soccer team Get the fake from around me Remove the hate from around me Chick, I paid you my money So why the hell you still fronting? In the secluded room, ain't got no room for you Never trust these girls, but I can use a few I just flip this cash and watch a hula hoop Milano, it's Thank been God. so many years. It has been. It and of has course, been. we have to reunite right here on B Side. Exactly. What was the name of that record? That one was called Dollars. Dollars, yeah. and how'd that come about? It's about being hungry. I mean, when you come up from where I came up from, like basically the, the main thing you learn first is being hungry and how to, you know? So that song is like one of the last songs that I made in that hungry state of mind, you know? When did you write it? Um, about a year and a half ago. Nice, nice. Please yeah. introduce us to your wonderful band. Y'all are rocking out here. All right, so we got Jimmy Valentin on the keys. We got nice. my boy Thanks Sam Innocent on the drums. And we got Jeff Matthew on the guitars. Nice. Let's get right into it. So talk a little bit about, you know, how would you sort of get into this whole music thing? Is this what you're doing full time? Yeah, music is uh, what I'm doing full time. But um, before that, I was a teacher. So um, I teach children with autism and... That's what I do. You know, Great. Do you feel like you made it yet? Um, no, not yet. I mean, I have a lot, a lot of things to do, but um, uh, I feel like I'm in a good position to keep growing right now. Nice, much. nice. And when do you feel like you'll make it? Um, tomorrow. You know, <laughs> I hope, I hope, I'm here basically. for that. I'm here for that. Yeah. So I know you have a great lineup for us here today. Um, yes. Please just talk a little bit about the genre of your music. What would you classify your music as? Well, it started off in like a hip hop bass, and then I started experimenting with my own vocals. So it changes and branched out to like more contemporary and alternative R&B and stuff like that. So I do a little bit of everything, and then I have a hint of like reggae and Caribbean because I'm West Indian. So nice. I kind of try to put everything in together. Nice. What well, island are you rapping? Well, it's not an island, but it's in South America, Guyana. That's where my mom and dad are from. GT. So. All right. We GT, got some Guyanese you know people yeah, in the yeah, house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> look, look, look. <laughs> so is any of the music in Guyana influencing? 
uh, your music? Not really in Guyana because, you know, they got Calypso and mm -hmm. Soca. I listen to that, but I would say, like, I take more of, like, a Soca approach or um, reggae approach, approach to, like, Trinidad, um, Jamaica, Barbados, all those places. So yeah. you sing, you rap, you write, you produce. Yeah, y'all gonna Talk a little bit about. I'm going to take y'all for a ride. Yeah, y'all going to see how the music changes. And it's like a story. So this, this song right here was, like, the last Hungry song that I made. And then you can see what hunger does to you, even with relationships and into other things. So just take a journey with me, y'all. We'll see. Nice. And yeah. hunger. hunger. Hungry for? Hungry for success. I mean, dollars is the main, you know, currency. So that's basically what it is. And, um, you know, it can alter your relationships. It can mess it up. You can, it can make it better. It depends on how you let it, you know? For sure. You control for it. sure. And can you talk a little bit about your creative process? Like, what does it look like? What's the buildup for you to do a track? Well, I'm a big songwriter. Um, songwriting is like my key. So what I'll do is find a melody first and then I'll find the lyrics that fit. So I got my own little setup in my house and I like to keep everything like one-on-one. -on -one. I don't really like too many people around me when I'm writing. Okay, yeah. well, excuse you. Yeah, I'm just closed <laughs> off like that. Well, they say great things happen when you're with yourself and in yourself, so yeah. that's dope. Do you sample music, other people's music? Yeah, definitely. If you listen to my music, I sample a lot because I'm a 90s baby, so I grew up in the 90s. I love the 90s. I don't try to like take too much from it, but it'll be a little influence, you know? Right, and I know one of the songs you have coming up soon is uh, Blem, which is obviously a remix of Drake's song. Mm -hmm. So do you sometimes use the cover songs to sort of create new tracks? Yeah, essentially what I'll do is I'll write to any beat and then like I'll just like record to it to see how it sounds. And then I'll have my producer just like work around it and make his own little rendition of it but you know like I say I like to stay away from other people's work so I just keep it original in house please don't let the please don't let the classic sabotage classic sabotage try to trill my whip show up at the house I feel it in my heart they want us apart sick of flows trying to sabotage my baby gets poor my baby gets poor shoot straight to the plank for we hit the mall I don't see you out we don't ever talk it's all a part of your sabotage There goes my baby Hey So glad I found you Your love, baby. You drive me crazy But that's why I might Sabotage um, sabotage. How'd yes. that come about? Are um, you talking about sabotage us as in the black culture or a relationship? Relationship. You ever start a new relationship and it feels like everybody just wants to like have their little two cents in it and just like mess everything up for you? I know. Because people be jealous nowadays, you know? So. That's right. why. And are you referencing a real life situation? Um, Look at me, digging deep in your personal life. Not really. I didn't have that experience, but I've seen it happen to other people. Right. So I'm like, I was like Aggie for them and I wrote it about that. Okay. So it never happened to me personally. Well, talking about drawing inspiration for the content that you put in your music, I know that a lot of your records are about relationships. Do mm -hmm. you ever explore other things like social issues, politics, things happening around the world? Yes, I do. But um. Right now, currently, I found a, a particular sound and body of work that I'm in love with, so I'm staying right here right now. And then once I finish that and complete what I gotta do with that, then I'm gonna go to something else. Nice, that's that real R&B life, right? Yeah, exactly. Good, exactly. good, good. How did you earn your first dollar in music? Actually, my first dollar in music just happened probably like three, four months ago. Um, my song company is out on um, iTunes and Spotify and Tidal and all that, so. I'm selling music now, and that's the first like original song that I'm selling. So 
the video's doing good and all that. So, you know, I'm making I'm making something. Not nothing too crazy, but <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Well, you have to start somewhere, exactly, right? Exactly, exactly. Um, and your music, I think, sometimes is, is classified as commercial music. Is that an yeah. insult for you? Not really, because essentially, like, I plan for it to be commercial. So I, when I'm home, I want to make music that resonates with everybody. So I don't just make music that I like. I make music that other people like. Right. And I'm also thinking, so you want to make music that other people like. Do you feel like that's being true to yourself? Yes, essentially, because I like music that everybody else likes and that moves everyone else. Like, if I'm performing, I want to see the crowd move. That gives me energy and that, you know, I like moving and when other people can make me move, so. Right. That's so what what's, your, what's your spirit animal? Uh, I don't know. Can you tell me? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Well, I love seeing that you're keeping the vibe here going and moving yeah. around. Um, talk a little bit about um, your interaction with an audience and why is that important for you? Like I said, you just want to always try to make them move. Like if people's not moving, most likely they're not feeling it. Or sometimes you get people that feel your music so much that they just want to stare and just look like, how does he do it? I like that or moving. I'll Good. take it either, either or. Good, and what yeah. sets you apart from other artists? What would um, you say? I say the creative process. I feel like a lot nowadays people are not hands-on in every aspect. Like even with these guys, like yesterday, you could tell like yesterday I was touching keys. I was like, you know, fitting in things. So. I feel like a lot of people just do one thing and they don't even look at the rest of the process. Okay. So that's different for me. Exactly, and do you feel like being involved in so many other aspects of music and not just the performative side, do you feel like that'll set you higher than other people that just sing or just play an instrument? Yeah, I think so because like at the end of the day, the more hands-on you in, the more tailored your sound is gonna be and the more custom it's gonna be. So I think that's gonna be a good thing for me. Nice, and do you play an instrument? Yes, I do. Lightly, I touch everything, so. <laughs> Like I said, I was touching keys. I was right. probably not like Beethoven, but I was touching I'm on the road, couple of shows to be God work, girl. I'm on the road, I got close to be God work, girl. I'm on the road, I'm on the road, I'm on the road. Hey, I'm on a whole nother level. So like, how could you diss me? New girl, right to get better. Don't think we're getting back together. Waste girl, cause you're a waste girl. Say you're a waste girl. Man, I feel chase girl. Hey, ain't trying to waste your time. I came in there to catch a vibe. Yes, that was bomb. Um, obviously, that's your remix to Drake's yes, Glam, yes, right? Yes, that's what that is, exactly. Yes. That's Wasn't that, that good, y'all? Yeah. Give it up for Drake. Yeah. Yeah. Come you. on, come on. Well, speaking about Drake, um, do you feel like he's underrated or overrated? Um, Drake. That's it. <laughs> I don't want to say. I don't want to mention another artist again. That's it. Drake is much. life. Drake is Drake. Drake is Drake? Yeah, Drake is Drake. Drake is an adjective now? Drake is an adjective. Drake is okay. Drake. Okay. Um, and I hate to get uh, cliche, but do who, what artists do you look up to? Right now, I'd say the people that I look up to the most is J. Cole and Kendrick Lamar. Just because of like, their music is different from everybody else and they're not scared about it, you know? And they're still doing what they're doing. Um, and before coming up, the first like album that I really got into and started like making music off of was 50 Cent. Like I said, I listen to everything. I don't just point out one thing. Music is different in so many ways that you can't just have one favorite or anything like that, so. Any music genre that you think you want to explore? Maybe like African or Latin. Little Calypso? Latin. Latin. I think that's going to be next. I think 
I think Latin music is about to take over now. I think yeah. it's like reggae was did its course and now Latin. Cause I well, African it. is hot right now, too. That's though. true. That's been hot, though. African right? was like the first one, you know? Of and then, course, of yeah. course, of course. So I know you and I, we're both millennials, and yeah. I, sometimes I hate that term. And there are so many people out there who are sort of clouding that that category of being a millennial saying, oh, we're talented, but we're not focused. You know, mm -hmm. we're all over the place. Um, yeah. What do you think it's like having those two things merge for you, just being an artist as well as being a millennial? Um, well, another thing, like I said, I, I don't just do music. Like, I'm also a teacher and I also like kids and stuff. So when I do get to where I want to go, I want to like start charity funds for like kids. And I do work with children with autism, so I want to start a fund for them. And I just want to give back. Like, that's another reason why I like Kendrick Lamar and J. Cole, because of the fact that they do that. And there's other people too, but you know. Yeah. So what artists have you been compared to? A lot of people compare me to, hmm. Recently I've been getting like the whole party next door, but I think that's just because I'm doing like the reggae thing. But before I was getting like comparisons to like Drake and like, <laughs> I mean people don't, people are so off. Like I feel like my music is different. I don't get that many comparisons, but when I do it's either like Drake or Party Next Door or somebody on the radio. Like, right. Yeah. For some reason, you give me a little Tory Lanez vibe. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, are you searching for magic? Um. Wow. That's a good question. And if so, have you found it? I think I think I found magic. Like I said, the magic is the sound that I, I found right now. The body of work that I'm doing, I think that's magic, and I feel like I'm in my lane right now. So that's the the kind of um, magic that I found. Good. Finish this sentence. Being a black artist in Brooklyn is. Um. Hard. Give me some more. Well, not a black artist. Being, uh, well, it's still hard. Okay, so being a black artist in Brooklyn is hard because everyone's a black artist in Brooklyn, so. Well, not everyone's a black artist in Brooklyn, so. Everyone's mother and sister it does music in Brooklyn. <laughs> so give me some context. Why is it hard? What are some difficulties that you're running into? Well, there's the, there's the whole street cred thing, and I stray away from that. And there's also, you have to, like, live up to a certain status. Like, we got Jay-Z and you know, Biggie, so that's kind of hard too. So if you're not good, like people will tell you off the rip, if you're from New York, you gotta try harder, you know? So I like it because it pushes me to a certain level to go hard, but um, yeah, I think it's really hard to be a black artist in Brooklyn. We just spoke a little bit about comparing you to the greats, obviously, that are, that are born and bred right here in Brooklyn. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about how being black in Brooklyn is hard, but it's good? Being black in Brooklyn or being a being black, a black artist? artist? Okay, because being black in Brooklyn is hard too. That's a different but, conversation, you know, right, bro? <laughs> um, it's good because, like I said, you get the credit and you get to compare yourself to Jay Z. And if you are good, you just fit right in with those people. You know, like they kind of see those people in you. So in that sense, it's good because it's a prestigious place, you know? Right. And have you had the opportunity to meet like a mentor or someone that has been in the industry longer before you that has given you some really good constructive criticism that you think is impactful to your work? So the people that I usually meet aren't like the people that I solely look up to, but they're cool people. So, you know, like the people that are in right now and doing their thing right now, those people have given me like good words along the way. Like Chris Brown gave me a few inspirational words. and. ASAP Rocky and a few other people, but nothing, nobody that I really looked up to as a kid. Yeah. Um, talk a little bit about the value of putting your work out on social media. Are you running into issues with copyright, especially that you're mm -hmm. making cover songs of Drake's music and mm -hmm. stuff like that? So as of right now, um, I have a song called Company Up right now, so the video has like about 200,000 views on it. Um, so social media is super important. Yeah, the branding is everything. Yeah, I heard the record on the radio. How yes. do you deal with distribution? 
Um, well, as far as that, I'm the sole writer of it, so I write, I write everything, and it's a, it's a cool process when you're like the only hand that's in everything. Oh, yeah, sounding good. Hold up. Oh, man. One more. I so we're gonna go on this journey so that was a tough part right there you know as i said breakups make you do some things and write songs so this is the second part of that song right here uh oh yeah I gotta rock with me though. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh. If my ex-girl walks in this mix tonight, yeah, this gonna be the last song. I'ma go get my gun. Y'all heard that? I swear to God, if my ex-girl walks in this mix tonight, yeah, gonna cut the lights off. Said I'ma go get my gun. Hey. Grab a gal and slow dance. Why ain't putting the beat? I said slow dance. Great work. Um, so why the mashup? Why put pride and slow dance together? Okay. Two very different parties. So sometimes that's how it goes. Sometimes have you ever been to a party that got like shot up or something like that? Ooh, that was inspired by like yeah, you know that was inspired by that whole culture because that's a culture thing. You know what I'm saying? Crazy. So um, it was inspired by that. So I just wanted to add some type of like aggressive energy at the end of the song, even though it's a smooth R&B song. Mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes the party will start off with the smooth music and it'll turn off to like a whole different situation. That's right. And it is summertime, so everybody's doing the backyard party. Yeah. In your first song, Pride, that you just sang just now, um, you spoke about throwing away pride. And sometimes that's hard for a lot of people to do. What message did you want people to take away from that? Um, Basically, in relationships, you gotta throw, it, throw the pr your pride away for the person that you care about. Why? You know, because pride gets in the way of things, and pride gets in the way of real feelings. Pride gets in the way of arguments. So, pride is like a huge thing in relationships. Okay, and you know I'm gonna keep taking jabs at your of personal course. life. Uh huh. So, was this real? Yes, it was real. It was Did, inspired. Who had the pride? It you or the girl? Both of us had pride. Ooh. So there's gonna be a female version of it because you have you have to hear a response of it. So the female version is dropping in September along with the regular version. So look out. For right. That. So yeah. real quick, we're gonna play a quick game of this or that. I want oh you to boy. choose what you would choose: Pepsi or Coke. Water. <laughs> Come on. We're not gonna go through this. Diet Coke. Oh my God. <laughs> hence the figure. Hence the figure. Okay. McDonald's or Wendy's? I don't eat any of them. Look at him but chatting. Wendy's is more fresh, so maybe Wendy's. It's like, you know, they got salad that's fresh, you know, they so maybe that. Biggie or Tupac? Biggie. Why? Because I'm from Brooklyn. Okay. okay. <laughs> but in, in terms of musical style, Biggie or Tupac? Biggie. Nice. Nas or Jay-Z? Jay-Z. Why? Because I'm from Brooklyn. Enough with the Brooklyn, enough with the Brooklyn. All right, now this mm -hmm. one you can't say because I'm from Brooklyn. Okay. iPhone or Android? iPhone. <laughs> iPhone all the way, iPhone all the way. Fitted or snapback? Ooh, you wasn't ready. Snapback. I mean, because it's trendy now, you know? I mean, I don't wear any hats, but 
If I did have to wear it, it had to be a snapback. Because it lets you adjust. My head is huge, so. <laughs> it lets me adjust when my head gets bigger, because I eat, when I eat it gets bigger, so. Right. Okay, so I have a question for you. Sounds simple, but I want you to answer this in the most complicated way as possible. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Uh, who is G Milano? That's the hardest question. I don't even know myself yet. I can't even give you that answer, because if I did know the answer, then I wouldn't be here today. Okay, the person I want to be, let's talk about that. The person I want to be, because I'm working on things, you know what I'm saying? I want to be a person that gives back and loves and gives a lot of love. Like, I want to be the person that goes out of their way for somebody, you know? And basically, and, and like some people, I feel like people do nice things halfway and they don't go the extra mile. So I feel like I want to be that person that meets the gap and does the extra um, that the other people won't, you know? Because I feel like... There's a lot of love like, like lacked in this world, so I want to be that, the one to bridge the gap. Okay. Yeah. I'm about to take it to church real quick. Why do, do you it. call yourself God Milano? Okay, so originally it was because of me um, paying ode to the scripture where they say that um, you're, you're made in God's image. So I'm a God, God Milano. Um, but the G originally in G Milano stands for Gavin, which is my first name. So Gavin Milano. The Milano was taken because I used to like fashion back in high school, so Prada Milano. So we put that together in G Milano. Right, and I know you used to do a little styling. Yes. Um, I can see. Uh, so was that just a side hustle? Or was that something you really was passionate about? And how does that come into play with your music? It was honestly a side hustle because I like fashion, but I don't love fashion. I can't see myself waking up every day like doing, like dressing other people. I, and you know, how'd you find your image for yourself? Through styling and loving fashion. Like that's one thing I took up is like, if you know how to dress, like you look the part, people respect you better, so. What's the craziest thing you would wear? Or not so crazy? I don't really dress crazy. A lot of everybody that knows me know I, I don't do anything outside of the box when it comes to fashion too much. I just kind of want to look good, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I don't want to be the one wearing like fur and all that. Like, I'll wait for you to do it and then like, all right, cool, that looks good. You know what I'm saying? But why? Um, I just, I don't, I'm not that expressive with my fashion. I'm more expressive with my music. So I'll do, I'll be trendy with my music and try something nobody else will. But in fashion, I just want to look good. And if I can see a sample of something that looks good, I'll take a little bit of that and a little bit of that. Put right. it together. So know. you're not a trendsetter. I'm a trendsetter in my music. And that's my outlet for everything. I feel like I put my pain, my tears, my sweat, and my creativity in my music. So that's okay. where I want to express it. Well, other people's pain too, because you said, exactly. right? Look, you got let me, me on go point. back. Look, right. look. You said <laughs> you didn't go through everything you write about. That is true. Okay. But you vicariously go through it because okay. you hear the stories and you put yourself in their mind and you see, what would I do if that happened to me? Mm -hmm. So that's what I write about. Do you write all of your music? Do you freestyle at all? Every single one of my words is mine. And I, I feel like I'm, it's always going to be that way. Do you um, freestyle? No. Because you're going to ask me to freestyle? No, look at you. You saw me coming for you. Of course. I watched the tapes before. <laughs> I know what time it is. I was coming for you. So how did you get started in music? You guys may not know, but we used to be in a group together called Black Jackets mm -hmm. in high school. Yes. And we used to be at Brooklyn College in the studio just mm -hmm. having fun. Um, is that where it started for you? Um, no, it didn't start there. Because, like, you know, I went to Midwood High School. Brooklyn College was connected and we had a program there that gave kids the opportunity to record. So it didn't start there, but it was just the place where I got like a little more expressive with it. But music started for me, honestly, um, through my cousins. I was like the younger one and I always wanted to do what they wanted to do. So I started off rapping and trying to be cool and fit in. 
And at first they wasn't messing with me. And then after that, they heard me like, oh, you all right. And then by the time then, I was just like, yeah, just keep going. Like I was just off with the races. And that's when music started for my two, my two older cousins. I just wanted to be just like them, so. When did you realize and you had a voice? Voice is new, but the rapping, I was like, probably like 11, 10 trying to rap with them. And they was like in high school. And then the singing started in like high school. Like the last, my last year of high school. That's when I started messing around my vocals. Dope. If you could sing with one of these people, who would it be? Erica Badu, mm -hmm. Lauren Hill, mm -hmm. Beyonce, or Rihanna? Damn. That's crazy. It would definitely be Lauren Hill, though. Like, no questions asked, it would be Lauren Hill. Why? Because, like, she is so soulful and. The music that I want to do is soulful. If you listen to Pride, it's a mixture like of commercial music and soul, you know? Like if you hear Pride, it's more commercial and then the breakdown is soulful. Yeah. Uh, which one of your records was like a very emotional, creative process for you? Pride. Pride. Yeah. So you really lost the love of your life after that, well before that song? Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much. I'm waiting for some details. I here. mean, listen, you, dig, you need a shovel? Can we get her a shovel, please? Like, that was a very emotional song because it was so close to home. And it, actually, when I was singing it, it felt so like heavy, you know, to, to the chorus especially. Where do you see yourself in five years? In five years, I see myself um, creating music and touring, like touring all over the U.S. in five years and yeah, I know overseas you have and stuff. Nice. I know you have one music video out for Company, which is mm -hmm. going to be the last song that we hear from you today. Mm -hmm. But do you have any videos that you're working on, projects, albums, what you got in the works? So Company is the first single on my project called Story, the Sto Story Up. Well, why Story Up? What does that mean? So Story Up is basically a term used when it's like it's finished, like this is it. So this is basically me saying that this is it, like Story Up. Yeah, yeah, I'm vulnerable. This is my music. This is how I sound. I don't care about the criticism. I don't care about what you think, what he thinks. This is what I like and story up. There's no there's no hiding, there's no masking anything. We briefly spoke earlier about just creating conscious music. And obviously, like me personally, I always feel the need when I'm in conversation with people that look like me, sound like me, come yeah. from similar walks of life. Black Lives Matter. What does that mean for your line of work? Black Lives Matter is something that I really want to touch. So after Story Up, that's probably the direction I'm going to be going. Me in the studio writing about things in my community, issues that that hits home, and it gives me the same feeling I had on Pride. So I know that's the direction I need to go in next. Have you had any encounters where Black Lives Matter or just the movement in general has impacted you personally? I mean, it, it has to impact you personally because when you see the TV screen and you see that somebody that looks like you is being interrogated or somebody looks at you as being like treated the wrong way, it hits home because that could be your friend, it could be your uncle, it could be your people, you know, it's your people, so it hits home regardless. You know what I'm saying? I see the way we get looked at when we go outside, and that's something that I definitely want to touch on. Usually when you see someone playing in this category of music, whether it's R&B, mm -hmm. hip-hop, they usually, you know, had rough beginnings and something really big that impacted the way that they choose to live life. Mm -hmm. um, talk about your upbringing a little bit. I mean, my upbringing, for, for so part, was a West Indian upbringing, so... So you was born in Guyana? No, I was born here, but it's like my parents, both of my parents are West Indian, so... It was more of like, uh, I can say, I, was, I, wasn't, I wouldn't say I was sheltered, but they tried to shelter me. <laughs> so I was more rebellious, you know? The path that I'm going, th going through now, like doing music, is being a rebel all the way. Really? You know what I'm saying? Because West Indian parents want you to go to college, they want you to do this, they want you to do that. 
and they kind of want to want you to live a life that they think is right for you. So this is like a part of my story is being a rebel. And um, you know, I came up in, in uh, Brooklyn. I was I was born in um, Flatbush on Ocean, and then I moved to uh, Brownsville, and I've lived in Bed-Stuy, and I've lived in like East Flatbush as well. I went to Midwood, so I've had friends that have been in gangs. I've had friends that have been in trouble, but I always chose my path and just kept going forward and focusing on music. Do you want to identify with the culture that people stereotype you to be a part of? Or Yeah, definitely, I do. I mean, in my song, I just said, like, uh, I'm going to go get my gun. <laughs> I mean, I don't have a firearm, but it's my culture. It's like, it's reggae music. It's in hip-hop music. Like, I, I embody it perfectly. I don't ever shy away from that. And I never will. And being in Brooklyn, um, how is that impactful for your music? Well, now we know why the G in G Milano is short for God, as that set was nothing short of celestial. And I, for one, can't wait to hear more from this awesome artist with a mellifluous voice that is truly heaven sent. And if you want to hear more, B Side, that is, check out our YouTube channel using the hashtag B Side VK and our podcast on SoundCloud dot com slash b-side podcast i'm your host tadia tucson always keeping it classy funky and real love you for watching the b-side podcast is produced by charlie hoxie keisha cole roe johnson and sasha Mathias. recorded by onel mulet and edited by emily bagoji for more information on b-side and all Brick Radio podcasts, visit brickartsmedia.org slash radio. Thank y'all.